Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I am your host, Harrison Barron. Thanks so much for joining me. If you're listening to this, smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are, uh, you're listening in on. I appreciate you. I really do. If you, uh, if you enjoy this, actually, even if you don't enjoy it, like it, subscribe it, share it with somebody, it will make their day. Who knows? At least I hope so. That's my goal. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I've been getting a little bored with the uh, BrutallyOnsPodcast.com website, so I have come to the conclusion that I'm going to be tearing it down 100% and rebuilding it from the ground up. Um, it's been up there for about a year now, and it just doesn't have the pizzazz that I wanted to, so I'm just going to do a total overhaul on it. Look for updates. It's coming out. I'm super, super excited. I think everybody's going to love it. Um, and from there on out, it's going to be stellar. Uh, I'm, I really want to put a nice little twist in there to make it as friendly to use as possible, as well as something more invigorating, a little more energy, you know, I love it. That's what I need. I I need the energy. I got to feel the energy. So that's what I want to portray in it. Um, as always, Instagram, brutally honest podcast. If you want to follow me, Harrison underscore Baron, um, as I've said in a couple of shows already, I am working on the my new company. It is called Baron Media Group. You can go check it out, baronmediagroup.com. Just want to give you a little insight on that. I've been super, super busy. I apologize. The podcasts are not as regular as they used to be, but I am going to promise that they are going to continue being regularly uploaded in the beginning of the week. That would mean Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I promise you guys, so that way you guys have Thursday, Friday, and the, and the weekend to, uh, to listen to them. I'm going to do my best to get them up on Monday and Tuesdays. So that way you guys will just have some great content for the week on your uh, morning commutes. And I'm going to try to do them once a week. There may be multiple releases, but I'm going to be doing them at least once a week for sure. I promise from now on I have a bunch of, bunch stocked up. Uh, I've just been super, super crazy. I've had some stellar guests on, including the one you're about to listen to right now. So with that all being said, it is if you don't know who you're listening to, you're listening to my friend Dan Ryan and I have a fantastic conversation. Dan Ryan is a tremendous guy with some very interesting um, skill sets that most people don't have already. And with those skill sets, he helps teach people uh, about what he does. He is a PMP tutor, project manager, pr- project management professional tutor. Um, just a super swell guy and ironically enough lives like super close to me. But uh, I I think you guys are going to love this one as much as I do. Dan's a a very a longtime friend of mine and a very dear friend of mine. Sorry, I can't speak today, guys. And uh, I think you guys are going to love this one as much as I do. So without any further ado, please welcome my friend Dan Ryan. What's up, amigo? How are you? I'm doing good, thank you, sir. Thanks for uh, thanks for making it out here today. You know, living the next town over. I know it wasn't much of a commute, <laughs> dude. The commute life now with this new whole three quarters of a mile away from my house. Perfect. This is an amazing little facility you got here. Thanks, man. It's coming along. Mm-hmm. This uh, last week, I got uh, my wisdom teeth pulled, so I was out of commission for the entire week. I wanted to get some things squared up in here, but I think. Uh, I'm going to tackle it this week and next week, but cool. a couple more things going on in here. Cool. But uh, yeah. So anyway, we were talking about just before when you walked in the uh, the dot com era. 
Yeah. The uh, what are your thoughts on it, and what do you think is happening now with this whole new trend in technology? Well, the dot com era, what I think of is that period in the late nineties where you know we had that rapid job growth. And uh, I just remember being in the job market at that time, and it was an experience with like, you know, dozens of, I was in IT as I am now, <clears throat> dozens and dozens of companies and recruiters calling and trying to get you on interviews. Um, yeah, salaries up. salaries went up across the board in a lot of IT and help desk and support industries. The rates, regular guys that were like, you know, Working in the computer lab in high school and now making fifty thousand bucks a year as a help desk agent if, yeah. they, if they were good with Windows yep. or something, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So it was an exciting time. Absolutely, no, it's definitely. Yeah. Uh, I I talk about this quite frequently that we're in this major transition period of, you know, there's so many things that are becoming obsolete so quickly, and people aren't adapting to it like college. Is, I don't want to say it's going to be obsolete, but there's going to be so many more things that you don't need to go to college for. You're going to see people that are making seventy, eighty, hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year because of a skill with no degree, because just because a, they learned it online. Because of a specialty they have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's insane. You know. Well, that ties that ties into the you know emergence of the online learning platforms. Mm-hmm. You know, out there and. Uh, it's one of the biggest estimated to be one of the biggest growing industries in the next uh, five to 10 years, you know, with billions and billions of dollars being spent by people in online training courses. Oh, just to learn new skills to, to get these jobs. You're talking yeah. about, but yeah, because you know, uh, and I gave, I gave a speaking at, uh, at Baruch college yesterday, mm-hmm. spent the day in the city. It was a great day. I hung out, you know, I met, met up with some friends that live in New York city and and I've been. This is now the second time I've been invited to speak at Brew College, and I love it. But it's crazy because there's people that live, you know, on Long Island that commute into the college, you mm-hmm. know. So where 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 we are is Bayport, New York, and you know the the train was delayed on the like just wasn't moving. You know, a normal hour and a half ride took almost two hours. Um, you know, it's 20 minutes to train station, two hours, plus another 15 minute Uber ride, 20 minute Uber ride there. You're talking almost three hours to get to, to get to the college. You know, I'm like, holy shit. All that time. You, I wasted six hours of travel my whole, almost my whole day. You know, I turned it into a good day, but, and I could work from anywhere, but it was like six hours of traveling. Where now you can just hop on the internet, and I know you're pretty popular with with using online courses as it is. But you know, boom, I'm I'm on. I, you know, oh, what what did you say? Let me just re- let me replay that. I don't have to disturb 24 other kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's an insane world. Well, it's especially good for people, and I'll circle back to the college thing in a second. Mm. But it's especially good for professionals and older adult professionals who you know. Yeah, they're not going to have the energy or the time with families to be able to do the kind of travel you just described. And uh, they may already have full-time jobs, and they're looking to advance their career and get to the next level. And that's sort of what I do with my PMP exam training. But to come back to the college thing, I do agree with you how I think that the college is it is evolving in terms of 
a prerequisite and absolute standard that you have to have a college degree. But is it? It used to be a non-starter. You had to have it, right? But is, but is, it, is it becoming a mandatory thing now? I think it's still a mandatory thing, but I think the reason it's mandatory has changed. All right, let me tell you. Let me flesh, say elaborate let me, a little let me bit flesh on it that. out for you. I think in the past, college was looked at as a thing where you were trained to get real skills that would help you in the marketplace, mm-hmm. right? You would be able to. You would be able to get a job. Mm-hmm. And uh, based on what you learned in college, you'd be able to apply those skills that you learned in college on your job. Yes. Yes. Now that's not. I don't think that's really like that anymore. Now college is more like foundational concepts about business in general, right? Like marketing, sales, you know, HR, and but this and that. Really and then after giving- college, after college, it's either onto a grad school or pick up a certification like the PMP certification. Yes. All right. And start specializing. Maybe it's a nursing, a nursing degree, or you're going to go for the CPA or you're going to take the bar exam. But there's a series of these professional credentials and trainings out there, a lot of them available online, that people can opt into instead of college degrees. Mm. And they can still make competitive money with those college graduates. For example, the PMP exam. Yes. What I teach people. You know, you can have someone without a college degree. Get the PMP credential and and go up from fifty or sixty thousand a year up to a hundred thousand dollars a year in salary, mm-hmm. and they still don't have a college degree just because they have that that ex- past exam and well, certification. Yeah, and and what it demonstrates about their past experience. Mm. Okay, because even just to sit for the exam, you have to have verification that you've got many years of experience in the industry. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. You remember MCSE? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's still a thing. It's still a thing, but it's no. not like it was. No, right. No. The, and what did that say? If for had, anyone who doesn't know what the MCSE is, it's the Microsoft Certification. Uh, Microsoft get, Certified Systems Engineer. Yes. Yeah. And uh, no, Microsoft Certified Solution Expert. They may oh, have changed really? it. Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe it was changed. Um, and there's a million certifications underneath that as well. Afterwards. So uh, that was really super relevant. If you had that, if you put that on your resume, if when you went in for an IT job, mm-hmm. you were in. <laughs> it, it, here's the job. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Now, PMP is like that also, but on a much broader scale. It's not specifically about teching out on one piece of software or one system or this mm-hmm. and that. PMP is more about <clears throat> a whole application of a framework across the whole industry that you follow. Mm. And that's why so many institutions, even globally, even the federal government, they uh, they're supporting these. But the not, P- PMP exam, <clears throat> yeah, the methodologies. What does PMP stand for? Project Management Professional. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't know what the last P was. Yep, and it's administered through an organization called the Project Management Institute. Okay. They've been around since the '60s, and they publish a book called the PMBOK Guide. Nice. That's all their trademarks. Sounds like so much fun. That's all their stuff. <clears throat> it's not the most exciting framework <laughs> book that you'll ever read. But sort of my magic sauce is that I make it fun for people and I create like, you know, my own cheat sheets and notes that make it, you know, easy. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, you, you've been doing that for a long time too. About five, since 2011. Okay. So maybe, what got you into it? 
you know, I went for it and I passed it myself. And I know, like they say, like half the people fail it or something. I don't know what the number is, but there's a large people that fail it because you have to prepare very thoroughly. I prepared thoroughly. I did it on my own. And then I started helping others. Mm. And I was helping dozens and dozens of other other people. And it, it, it was something that I really liked. And then, you know, somebody said to me at one point, you know, Dan, this is sort of like, a business, what you're doing here. Yeah, teaching people yeah. how to pass it up. So that's when I started to turn it into a business. Mm. Because I loved it. And you know that old corny saying, if you love what you do, you don't work a day yeah. in your life. Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> Even still. Because <laughs> I love what I do, but it's still work. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe it's true for somebody out there who's just like, ah, oh, it's not work. But, like, it's still work because, like, you still have to do something. You're like, not at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. You're not on your boat. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> like, even if you're an artist, I love being an artist. It's, like, cool. But how long did, how hard do you have to grind to get to where your art is worth real money? See, now, these are deep thoughts. You know who you this sound like? This is how like? I think all the you time. You sound like the guy Gary V. Oh, okay. You've listened to him? Of course I do. Yeah. He's an animal. He's an animal. He's an absolute animal. Yeah, and I love all his little blurbs and tidbits. I like his what he's doing on LinkedIn. Uh, oh, he's... And, you know, these little one-minute videos. Oh, get ready. I'm about to start they're, dropping they're, them. They're well put together. I don't have, like, a whole media team and stuff like that right, right now. I'm still working on growing it, but one day I'll have a multi-million dollar company and, you know, travel around and... The back of taxis and or limos and sure, why not? Yeah, you know the good sure. life. Sure, you could do it. Fly private. Yeah, you could do it. I know a guy. I went to school with a guy. I can't mention any names, but I went to school. Uh, he was older than me. Okay, but while I was you know going to college, he lived nearby. I was friends with him. He was a sales guy, insurance, you know, uh, different types of companies, just regular sales, and he even did some like you know sales of. Um, irrigation systems and stuff. And oh, he was selling everything. Regular guy, just selling yeah. everything. But he found his niche in the financial services mm. with a certain product, and he kept going after it, going after it, and he really hit it big. And he's a multi-multi-millionaire now, and he has his own private jet. Oh, <laughs> so jealous. <laughs> I can't wait. And I go on Facebook, and I see pictures of him. Uh, with like John Daly golfing in Pebble Beach yeah. and, and then he's flying back with his friends on the jet at the end of the day and posting on Facebook like, yeah, I just had such a kick-ass day today. I was just playing golf with John Daly. Now I'm flying back on my That's jet. That's when you're balling out. <laughs> That's when you're balling out. Uh, it's funny because I still bartend um, and I, I was sitting at the bar on, uh, this past Sunday and one of my regulars was there. And we're having a great conversation. And a Lamborghini is sitting at the light. And I'm like, oh, shit, look, there's a nice nice Lamborghini outside. I love, you know, I appreciate really nice cars. And um, I was like, I'm going to own that car one day. And he's like, no way. He goes, what does that car cost? I'm like, I don't know, like 250, 300 grand. And uh, he's like, no way you're going to own that car. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now, I will own that car in the next 10 to, 10 to 20 years. There's just, no doubt just about it. Just lease it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think the lease payment would be? 10 I grand, actually started doing the math. Fifteen grand a month. Uh, no, it wouldn't be that bad. I think. Oh, really? I think they're like four or five thousand dollars a month. So that's probably what people do. Yeah. Well, you don't. Right? If you buy it, you know, it's. Can you lease one of those things? Fuck yeah, you do. You can. Sure, you can. You can lease anything. They'll sell you anything. Dude, they'll anything. Yep. Actually, so here's a crazy concept that I that I found very interesting was um, one of one somebody that I met a while back when I was a younger 
little bit younger, you know, maybe two, three years ago. And I was just getting into like the real job market, mm-hmm. let's say. And this individual bought a Porsche that he could not afford. He's like, I can't afford this car. I could barely make the monthly the monthly minimums on this car, but I bought it because I really wanted it. And he's like, I know that I'm making a very poor financial choice, but I have a goal in mind as well with this car. Yeah. And his goal with the car was, and it was a Porsche GT3S. Beautiful, beautiful car. For anyone who doesn't know it, go look it up. And uh, and he was and he, he was just, he owned his own business. He really wasn't making that much money, but he was making some kind of money and he could afford it. He could, he could afford it, but barely. And he's like, I'm going to buy this car and I'm going to join a Porsche club on like the east, I guess the northeastern Porsche club. I guess that's like one of them or it was something like that where he's meeting with a couple hundred really enthusiastic people that owned either Porsche or multiple Porsches. Bunch of old white dudes. Basically. <laughs> um, and he's like, I bought this car and I just, I really love this car. And I went out to all these events and, you know, when you're hanging out with these guys, you know, you go up to, you know, you go upstate, you, t- you everybody drives their Porsches upstate or whatever it is. You know, you, you drive down to, you know, either the Carolinas or something like that or wherever they go. And... You start making a network with these people. Exactly. And they're all loaded. And he goes, the money that this Porsche cost me was just the barriers to entry to get into, into this. that click. Yes. And he goes, this Porsche, even though it cost me at the time all the money I could even afford and to be in that group, but the money that came out of it paid for the car tenfold. Well, hey, if you know what you're going to do and you have a strategy... And you're going to execute on it, and you have the foresight. He had to sacrifice certain things in life to have that car. Oh, big time. Right? For a little while. Going out with his friends or being having a fancy dinners or, you yeah. know, he had to cut back in other places to have that. Yeah. So I respect that. But I was just like, holy shit. And then uh, it's another another thing I've heard, too, pretty recently is um, country clubs is another great way to find, you know, that, that typical super wealthy you know, guy who pays a fortune to be a part of these clubs that you have to be voted and sworn in on and then spend X amount of dollars there. And if you could barely afford it, but hopefully you pull a good amount of business out of it. Yeah, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I uh, thankfully would not be able to do that. I'd probably be more comfortable showing up to that gathering in a Hyundai. Oh, like the country club? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, cars don't. I mean, I respect your desire to have maybe a beautiful car one day. If I made $146 million, yeah. I would still drive a $50,000 vehicle because they just don't mean anything to me. Mm. You know, I want to have fun. I want to have, have the windows being able to open and close. And, oh, you know, automatically. Yeah. yeah, you just, oh, let me just. Now, uh, on the other hand, I might go and buy a bunch of Morgan, rare Morgan silver dollars. What's a Morgan silver dollar? That's, um, you know, coins that were uh, made by the U.S. Mint in the late 1800s. Okay. Often associated with the wild, wild west. Oh, this is cool. Now, here's a question for you. Silver is, and numismatics and stuff. These are really nice. Yeah, um, they are really nice. Is there, do you think that there'll ever be a point, because you're a pretty modest dude, you know, you're not... Flamboyant. No, I wasn't going to say flamboyant. Uh, <laughs> Just, uh, like, you, you know, like you said... If you had a hundred forty-six million dollars, yeah. you would still buy a fifty thousand dollar car. Yeah. Is there any amount of money that you could or would accumulate, or there's a number that you would hit 
that you'd just be like, all right, I will buy 150, a 200,000, a million dollar car. I mean, look, let's be realistic. Lifestyles gradually increase. You know, I used to drive beaters that were 500 bucks, you know. Now, <laughs> now at least I have a 2016 car, you know, yeah. you know or whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I do think eventually anybody could change to the point where, like my friend I was talking about before, who was a very regular dude, now he flies in his own jet. It doesn't seem unusual to him. But, you know, I don't know what it would be that would tickle my fancy. I guess one thing that I've always dreamed about is like Tiger Woods has that giant yacht. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, so Sick. If, I, if I had money, like, on that level, <clears throat> I would probably have a, you know, like a 70-foot Viking or a giant Bertram yacht. Okay. You know. Yeah, ball out on a little. People on, staffed on, on it. People staffed on it. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, maybe yeah, one or two like crew members. Show, like that show below deck. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tiger, I'm looking at Tiger Woods' yacht. I can't, I can't wait to get my TV. Um, What's it called? Privacy? Uh, I think it's called. Yes. Privacy. privacy. Yeah. It's a lot of money uh, to pay for privacy. I wonder what it costs. Oh, God. It's got to be between 30 and 20, $20 million. 30 and $40 million. 20 million. It's crazy, though. If you really think about it, it's not that much money, twenty million. Well, I used to think like ten thousand was a lot of money, and I, and you know, you start <clears throat> paying your bills and 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 doing things. You see how quick ten grand goes. Now imagine if you started to accumulate some assets like additional homes or additional properties or you know staff with 30, 30, 20, 30 employees. I guess the question is, out of twenty million, you know he. That was like after tax money that he bought that with. Oh <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Like, He's worth right now, right here. It's a seven hundred forty million. You know, that's he's sort of done now. He's, he's still playing. Yeah, but I mean, like the years of him like being in every single U.S. Open year. After oh year, yeah, that's over. Yeah, basically. You know, he had a nasty tumble. That guy. Yeah, you know what? He probably could have picked the ball up and kept running with it, but uh. You know, you're almost better off just throwing in, throwing in the towel. You know, when you hit, when you hit that point, you kind of gotta figure out what you really, really want because you're already famous, you're wealthy, like you're unbelievably wealthy. Money has no means nothing to you at this point. Um, you kind of gotta figure out, you know. Am I going to get married? And if so, I should probably stay loyal to one woman. Am I going to go be a pimp daddy and just try Living to... true lifestyle. Yeah, you know, just you kind of figure a, out what you want. That's like what that guy Gary V talks about. He talks about doing a self-audit, uh-huh. being aware of who you really are, being honest about who you really yeah, are. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, look, <clears> and <throat> it's fine if you don't know what you want, but don't get married then cheat on your wife. Like... Yeah. That's not cool. But, like, look, nobody's going to blame you if you're if you going wanna, out. If you want to be with someone else, then you leave your wife and then you go in and Yeah, do, do it the right way. Don't just. And then, you know. With the money thing, though, like, I know some folks who made some good money over the years. And some of them said to me, like, oh, I feel like I cheat, you know, there's nothing. What's next for me, right? Because now they're, like, the captain of some industry and they have a very successful business and they're very wealthy. Mm. But they're still young enough to be, like feeling incomplete in some way. 
But then you just got to figure out what you're missing. I mean, not that right, it's easy. Right, but it goes into what you're talking about, how much money is enough and when when to say when. Like think of a guy like Jeff Bezos. Yeah, $166 billion. And now he says, I was just reading online, he says the best, the only way I can get through this money is if I get into space travel. He goes, and that's the most important thing to me right now. I just want to work on my space travel. And every year he donates a billion dollars of his own money to this company he has to launch rockets, to launch pedestrians into space. And I think Virgin is doing it. Yes, Uh, SpaceX is doing it with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, right? And so we're actually living through the generation of pioneers that bring people to the space for tourism. Or and and or exploration or whatever. I feel like we're gonna hit another wall really soon once that happens because I I'm a firm believer of most of that technology already exists. It's just getting it all together at the right, you know, <laughs> frame of in the right frame. All these you know, things the, have to come together. The, yeah, the next two or three years, I I would be find it very hard to believe that space travel for normal people will will happen. But I think as soon as we hit that level. It's going to it's going to be kind of like the the race to the race to space. Basically, you know, we sent the satellite up up to space, and you know who orbits it and Sputnik and all that kind of stuff. But it's you know it's like oh shit, we got people, regular people who did not train in, as astronauts to space. You know, just on the edge of space where they feel one hundred percent weightlessness, even if it's for ten minutes. But we're going to do that and people are going to say, fuck it, we need to get to the moon. We need to get people to the moon regularly. You know, we need to start figuring out, like they're already trying to figure out, but I think they're going to do a base camp they're just on gonna the moon. Unload a fuck ton of money into getting, you know, either terraforming planets or just being able to, you know, hey, let's go to Mars and just check it out. You know, let's before we totally fuck with this thing, let's see if it's really habitable because all we really have is a couple of rovers there and you know the science of you know light and information that we've gathered from a distance but nobody's really been there to say hey you know let's really check into this you know well my son tells me the most inhabitable planet or maybe i watched a show is like titan or like one of the moons of uh Saturn or something. Oh, really? Like, I don't know. Oh, who knows? But the point is, is that... But we don't know enough. They could just be making... You know, they got to make outposts and continue. You know, the further you go outposts, then the further you can launch to. But my point is, is that these guys like Bezos and, and Tesla, you know, and, and, and Musk and all these people, you know, they're the visionaries of our current generation. They're like Rockefeller and like, you know, they're like... Morgan and you know all of these amazing people that were the captains of industry in the 1800s through the industrial revolution and then cars came along and they said what do you mean cars what we're gonna have horses you know yeah and then they went to cars and then, you yeah. know nobody could understand what the technology would be like once they got there and now we know that space is the next frontier the question is are people gonna shape it or is the government gonna shape it so I'm gonna throw with, another curveball at you with military yeah. applications. I'm gonna throw another curveball at you. You ready yeah. for this one? Instead of making space the next point of travel, why don't we re- restructure Earth? 
We can. I think the point is, is that like in project management, you always have a plan B. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, there's too much money to be made in destroying this planet, apparently, such that people want to continue to destroy it at a rate that it's not sustainable. So I think a certain group of people, like some of these visionaries I mentioned, realize that the long-term plan is settlement of an adjacent moon or planet that can be... Oh, meaning like we're going to be totally fucked and we need to get the hell out of here. (laughs) Maybe, or maybe technology. I hate to say technology could save us. But, you know, the the greenhouse, the the, the gases and, 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 and the warming of the planet, I believe that. I don't care about people who say it's not true and deny it. We are warming. The planet is warming. The oceans are coming up. And, you know, we could reverse it, I think, still. They, uh, somebody had a great idea. I still think we could save the planet and clean yeah. it up, but I don't think people want to. Um, and w- the idea was basically a, a day off for Earth. So basically, nobody drives cars. Nobody, you know, they're all factories shut down for a day. You know, hmm. just a total halt of everything for one day, 24 hours. That's it. And... I think some there was a scientist that did like research on it. on it. Yeah, and it was just like doing that once a year would like help the pe- planet like recoup like tenfold. Yeah, like it, it's it's like he the was problem like, yeah, is like, like anything else when you drill into it. You know how many thousands of people will be fired from their jobs for not showing up that day. <laughs> you know, I mean, like no, it would. Ha- I mean, some, it's, it's it, probably never going to happen. It could never happen. But like, just a whole day off. You know, the only people that you know, and as much as this would suck, is the only people that would have to work are. I mean, I guess you kind of when you say you have to work, it's kind of. I mean, because you, you need doctors. You're, you're talking you need, about a first world. You know, you a need, first world luxury where you could use a vacation day from the corporate office to show your support of the earth. Meanwhile, there's someone in like Bangladesh who makes like nine bucks a day who like yeah. has to work fourteen Just look your hours. Phone up, it's vibrating. Has to work like fourteen hours yeah. that day. The uh, but I was just gonna say like oh you know cops, firemen, you know emergency workers, emergency workers. But then it's like you know, I mean I guess you could probably get by with like hospitals, doctors, nurses. I think the better way emergency to go, responders. I think the better way to go is to say like you know let's agree on certain chemicals, or and things you know not being used and, and go for like you know they target something by twenty twenty five or by twenty fifty. Yeah, don't have a lot of faith in all of that. I'm just curious to know you know what the plant. So here's a crazy thought and, I, and back in the day when I was in kindergarten, so let's roll back twenty plus years ago, and. I told one of my friends, we're going to have computers that fit in, the, fit in your hand one day. I'm like, I know it's going to happen. This is when I was fucking kindergarten. And I was like, it's just going to happen. I know. We're going to have a little computer that we could just type on. And that's how we're going to send information. Because that was like, we kind of grew up with like computers coming into our lives. And I'm like, we're going to have these really small computers that we could just do stuff with wherever we are. And he's like, no, no, no. And I forget. And, and I'm like, no, I think, I think it's what's going to happen. And that individual approached me years later and was like remember this conversation we had when we were in kindergarten and I'm like yeah because I used to say my hamster had rockets on it and uh he's like it really did happen and I was like I know like that's just cra- like and that's in 20 years we have something now that fits that could literally send uh a spaceship to the moon 
you know, mm-hmm. it, the, now the next question is, you know, what's going to be next? Are we going to have integrated technology into our bodies? Are we going to have something like that? Like, like, yeah, it's just crazy. You know, <coughs> a pair of eyeglasses or something. Yeah. It's just, it's wild, man. It's wild. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for teleportation to be real. You know, it's going to be, you know, the LIRR is going to be obsolete in 50 years. I think what we have to worry as we go off on many crazy tangents here. This is how this works, man. We're gonna get into PMP too. Here's another. Here's another crazy tangent for you. The big problem is this is going to be this DNA stuff. Yes. You saw how this uh, serial killer was caught through one of his relatives submitting DNA to Twenty Three and Me or one of those. No. Sites. That's how they caught him. They oh. did a court order and they they found the DNA at a website and then they they matched it to a family member who had donated it to. Find out what ethnicity they. Somebody were. told me that I think on the show that if you and do I don't that, have a problem with a serial killer getting caught, but now you have to start talking about okay, well, if I gave my stuff to find out if I was Puerto Rican or Irish, you know, yeah, does that mean that like I'm going to see myself walking down the street as a copy in five years from now? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> you know man. I mean, they could you, be taking that DNA and making an army of super soldiers based on me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you meet the uh, the standards. Yeah, the standard for it, but um, but yeah, dude, it, it's scary. just scary. That's where crazy. things could go. Things could go way south, way fast with that cloning and DNA, and that's where technology. We got to have a real strong set of ethics. We got to prevent, you know, prevent that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's possible. like we started as a circle, and the circle's expanding at the same speed. Go outwards in all directions, kind of like the universe was starting, yeah. as most people believe. But the thing is, if even if it's traveling at the same speed outwards, it's covering more and more area. It's exponential. Yeah, it's exponential, yeah. and I think that's it's kind of like what we're going through with everything because it's all fucking bananas. But I heard man. something crazy, like all the way through 1971 or something, there had been like one teraflop of data of all of human recorded digital interaction. Mm-hmm. It was like a teraflop. And I don't know how much teraflop is. But That's I think a lot. It, I think it's like millions of gigabytes or something. It's, or uh, something. I don't know how to even quantify it. You have terabyte, petabyte, and then I think it's a thousand petabytes is one teraflop. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, what I had heard was that up and through like the 70s, we had generated like one teraflop of data, and then you know, currently today, we generate a teraflop a day, or something, or a teraflop a week, or you know, a lot faster of a thing. And <clears throat> you know, as that internet keeps growing, like a giant, you know, amoeba, mm-hmm. billions and billions of websites are being created, and content, and all of that stuff is going out there. Um, pretty, you know, pretty wild time we're living in. No, absolutely, absolutely. It's the craziest time we're at, we could ever have. You know, we're not li- we're not living in castles in Ireland anymore. I'm just happy personally that I grew up in a time of simple like Atari twenty six hundred and like <laughs> missile command and the, the good old days. It's uh. At least I saw technology really sort of... I mean, I know we had technology before the 70s. Yeah. But, what you know, really, you know, color TV and then, you know, the microwave came out and then the VCR. 
right? And then the C- and then technology with the microcomputer, with Apple, mm-hmm. right? And with Windows and DOS, DOS oper- disk yep. operating system. And that was all like what? Early 80s, late 70s, early yeah. 80s, right? Mm-hmm. And we saw that whole generation come in and then the microchip got smaller and smaller and smaller and the processing power got bigger and bigger and bigger. And they have Morgan's Law, right? Moore's Morgan- Law. Moore's Law? Yeah. That's what? Every 12 to 24 months... They say 18 is the, the magic number, but every 18 months, everything, all technology doubles. In complexity. Just doubles in everything. Doubles okay. in speed, power, right. capabilities, you know, all that kind of stuff. You and know, I, heard, to and I heard congruent to that, the price goes down as well. Typically. I mean, if you think about it, we I bought a gateway computer for my wife. Mm-hmm. When it first came out, it was three grand. Holy for the tower Jesus. and the monitor. Yeah, I mean, now I, I can go to down. I can go to Best Buy now and get a crazy laptop for three hundred ninety nine bucks. That'll blow your old machine out of the water. Oh my god, there'd be no comparison. It's like the Model T Ford compared to that Lamborghini you were talking about. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, that beast right there is. You know that was. I still like a tower over a laptop. Yes, I, I agree. Know. Yeah, yeah. The laptop's just convenient, you know. It's super convenient for the uh, coffee shop. I just, you know, I have I have four screens. You know, it's it's nice to be able to have, you know, a bunch of shit going on all at the You're same a time. Cyborg man, basically, I basically <laughs> live live in that chair. Um, but like, you could do so much stuff all at one time, you know. And that's kind of, you know, to bring it back to PMP and stuff like that, but. Because I'm not a PMP, but you know, I'm still managing different projects I'm doing. You know, I can have, I could work on literally four projects at the exact same time. You know, is that efficient? Absolutely not. But like, no, it's okay if you coordinate the activities. Yeah, properly. but like, oh, I could pull up, inf- you know, I've, I have three screens. You know, one could have music or YouTube or news or whatever it is running on it. The other two could have straight information sources. So whether, you know, it's web pages or this or that or, or a video, you know, a video of somebody doing something and then I can have one screen for just a massive amount of work to get done and I'm being able to flip back and forth without having to remember what Google tab I'm in. Dude, I'm the same way. I have multiple screens and especially when I do my training webinars, Uh it's so useful because I can have one screen that I'm working with the audience. Uh I'm doing screen annotations on it and I'm doing demos and going through PowerPoints and doing that whole thing. Yeah. And then on my screen over here, I have my notes. I have some things I don't want the audience to see. Yeah, because... You know, and I have things, uh, you know, going on over there and other things that are staged that I can, in the middle of my presentation, if I go a certain direction, I can grab something that I had open on the private monitor and drag it over and drop it on the displaying monitor. And now you look like a hero. You know, and so that's how I make my presentations engaging. Yeah. No, absolutely. Years ago, it was like, oh, you need, like, dual my... You have to get like dual like video cards. Like right, there was like, dude, I have one video card and that thing that powers four monitors. And what changed with that technology? It used to be like I know I did help desk and and yeah. and it was like oh no, you got to have like you know special video cards and quad video cards and quad. So mode. now, you know, it's it's everything's getting better, faster. You know, it's. Uh, the demand for video games, believe it or not, is what's really de- improving the tech. Is is driving a hugely driving force behind, 
you know, custom built computers and graphics cards and processors. Um, do you play Fortnite? Oh, fuck yeah, I do. I just downloaded the new update. It just came out this morning. Really? Yeah. It, it, I was checking it out. It's cool. I, it, I don't know about the building those things and jumping up and down on those wooden steps. It's stuff. a lot. It's a That's, lot. I mean, you know, I play Halo. Okay. And I oh, yeah, I can own some people in Halo. But so Halo, you know, you're using the existing structures and stuff. So Halo is a 2D game. If you really think about it, because you're only experiencing one layer of of building. You know, sometimes yeah, you do have to go downstairs. You know, that's kind of where it gets to that like Z on that Z axis. No, I watched my I was watching my son watches Dan TDM, the YouTuber, Heard of that dude, the yeah. YouTuber guy. And he plays Fortnite and records himself playing it. And, ah, look, check me out. He's good at it, too. Oh, I believe it. And I see him jumping around. And, you know, the, you run up to this other guy in the field. And then both of you guys start building these competing structures. And you're trying to shoot at each other through the holes and stuff. And Oh, it's crazy. It looks intense, but man. It's, but it's, it's now breaking that plane of, you know... You no longer have to play video games on one... Existing structure. Existing structure, you know, it... It gives creativity big time creativity to the users to create the gaming environment that they want while they battle. Yes, yeah, and it's, and it's, it's so immersive. Like just watching this, uh, like someone who's good play it. Oh, it's insane! Like I just get immersed. But that's what's driving. You know, how are they doing it for free? Are they going to eventually say, okay, it's it's so the the whole. The whole—I don't want to say the whole world—but a lot of like the cutting-edge technology people are now breaking into freeware, freemium, freemium. So you have this basic level of play for free, right? But then if you want premium play, you got to pay for it, okay? And it's not cheap either. So like to play Fortnite, anybody could go download. Anybody could play Battle Royale. That's the popular one where it's a hundred people drop it, drop in, yeah, and you're one playing. Winner. Yeah, one winner. Um, you know, but now they have skins. So you have this, you know, I'll use some programming language, object, which is the character, that can only do certain things. But now to put a different layer so it looks like me or it looks like you or it looks like these, you know, imaginary made-up characters. Avatars. Yeah, avatars is very easy for them to do. They just have to design it and basically make it work for that thing. So it'll work with everything, but it's much easier to just put a skin on it and it allows for a fully level playing field when it really adds no extra functionality. Now, some games, you know, I Clash of Clans is a huge game. You know, they were doing a million dollars a day in business on a, on a, on a game. And in that game, for example, you have to build, you build different structures and you have to, you know, grow troops and stuff like that, but everything's time-based. But if you want to play constantly and get attacks in like next like immediately you can pay for a gems in this game and then or and then those gems can be transferred over for game you know game coins or or time i know no my son plays roblox i never played roblox but it's kids game like sort of like minecraft but you can buy robux okay you buy a special jacket for the guy Oh, okay. for the character, yeah, that's, the yeah. Game. <laughs> you know, and the, and then in this this game, basically, you put in money and then you get time that you wouldn't have to wait out of it. That's basically what it does. And yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. advance further, and then once you're at the top tier, you're basically done, and then you can really play the game because you're everybody's now on that top le- on that same level. That's the nice part about Fortnite is everybody's on that same level. Nobody paying extra doesn't get you anything better. The the playing levels 
the same across the board. It's an incredibly clever game. They but like you could do that with everything. You know, you could do that with, you know, YouTube. A lot of YouTube is is freemium. You know, you have you have that kid that that, that your son watches. You know, YouTube's free. Yeah, you got to watch an ad and then they make money on the ad. But now there's stuff like Patreon. So there's a Patreon page for page for the podcast. And if somebody wants special access content to that person, you know, hey, I want to be able to have a webinar with them. You got to pay $20 a month to that person for to jump on his webinar. You know, if you want to have a phone call with him, you got to pay $50 a month. You know, if you want to get his T-shirts whenever they drop, you can pay $10 a month and you'll get a T-shirt every two months. Oh, let me tell you something. I have a uh, <clears throat> I have a YouTube channel called the PM Tutor. Okay. Um, where I give away free videos for PMP training and, and all sorts of goodies and other things. I do, you know, sessions there. Just move but, the mic more and over. But I, uh, sorry. No, it's all good. But I, uh, I certainly modeled myself. I was watching my six-year-old. I mean, he was doing Dan TDM. Okay. And uh, this guy, uh, Sketch, is another guy. And there's another guy, um, Dennis. Okay. All right. And they're like, you know, 30-year-old dudes playing video, 10-year-olds video games. Crushing it. <laughs> Crushing it. Right? Crushing it. Five million followers at the age of eight. Jeez. Right? And they're like, they're like, hello, everybody. They're like, we're going to play some Roblox today. I'm going to have so much fun, and I'm going to unleash the special c- coupon that I've been given. Don't forget to click like on this video, guys. And guys, click on this link to check out my merch. Oh, yeah, self-shameless plugs. Dude. Right, and you click on merch, and it's Dan TDM hats, and this and that, and, you know, cup holders, and these kids are loaded. They're loaded. What, oh, like they have money. Yeah, and because yeah, they have daddy's wallet. I think the guy Pootie Pie from Great Britain or whatever, yes. he was making, he had some trouble, but he, at one point he was making $7 million a year in ad revenue. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but then I heard YouTube had tweaked their logarithm a little bit. He's he's still making money. There's no doubt about yeah. it. He's just not making what he used to make. But he's hitting 53 million people. I think he, I'm, I'm sure he's probably higher than that now. I'm actually curious to know. But when you have that big of a following, you can literally just say, "Hey, I'm gonna sell. Uh, I'm gonna re- remake this Yeti mug, um, and I'm going to sell it as a uh, pew mug." PW, you know, a my lot first of them go years. easier than that, like Kardashian or Kanye West. Yeah, if Kanye says, "Yo, check out these kicks," you know, sells out immediately. You know, and then they could be somebody else's company, and he's just being an affiliate in that case, right? Yeah, he's got sixty-two million followers. Who, Pootie Pie? Yeah, oh that dude God. endorses one thing. And he gets a, you know, that big thing happened with Disney. Oh, you know, his, his stuff isn't content friendly. He makes jokes the entire time, honestly. It's actually kind of comical, this kid. Um, but he just, like, he could literally say, hey, uh, this uh, screwdriver, this craftsman screwdriver sitting on the table is the best screwdriver you'll ever buy. And those kids will go batshit crazy for yeah. you. And, but to be fair, he won't bring up stuff that is boring to them. Oh, he makes it appealing to his. You know customers. what I mean. He knows. He, he knows says. who is. He knows his avatar. He knows his audience. You know, and he's serving up content that they can't get enough of. That's what it started with, dude. He can make a horse that's literally on fire and be like, "This is my new emblem. I'm gonna slap it on a shirt." And I sell was watching it. the guy Dan TDM the other day, and he's like playing this video game where the idea of the game is to clean this giant toenails on this giant foot. And if you don't clean the toenails fast enough, that it kicks you out of the house at the end of it. 
And he's like, ah, I'm playing this game where I'm like cleaning these toenails and I'm going to get kicked out. And I'm looking at my son and my son is laughing hysterically. He's pointing at it. And I was starting to laugh a little bit too. It was just completely mindless gibberish, but you couldn't look away from it. You know what I mean? Oh, I believe it. It's <laughs> fucking bananas. They're in, they're, they're, it's like crack for the kids. It's, it's crazy. And YouTube's great. But I definitely said, all right, so now I started doing my YouTubes and my videos. And I started having a similar intro that I did said the same way every time. I started having something I joked about, like, you know, that I was a coffee addict. Uh-huh. So now every time I started a demo, I had pictures of coffee cups and things. Or I would say, I got to stop the webinar. And I would, like, have the sound of me slurping coffee. People like jokes and stuff of like course, that, right? Of course. And so I did borrow. <laughs> I did start borrowing stuff from those YouTubers, man. That's they they figured it out. Yeah. And now and so here's the craziest part. You know, you build this whole empire of videos and and being a PMP tutor, mm-hmm. and now it's like, oh, you know, hey, maybe somebody's gonna come along and offer me a coffee sponsorship or use my offer code. This is the big thing. Offer codes are huge. You know, use my offer code PMP. You know, PMP. Yeah. Tutor or PMP tutor or PM tutor or whatever it is. You know, they give you an offer code, and I'm gonna give you a quick shout out. But like, you have Coast, uh, Kings Coast Coffee up on Long Island, and you just say, hey, anybody that uses this, this whatever code or hashtag or whatever it is, boom, they get an extra ten percent off, and then they kick you back like three or four percent. No, I do that already. Oh, I have genius. a whole affiliate system at. Uh, it's www.thepmtutor.com. Okay. And I already have an affiliate system there where, um, you know, numerous customers, people I don't even know mm-hmm. uh, at certain percentages and then, you know, strategic partners at higher percentages yeah. can resell my courses and also use various coupon codes. Oh, very cool. It's very good now. And, and in the old days, you'd have to have a web developer and set up a complicated sort of vendors, uh, you know, shopping cart and e-commerce system. Now... You can go out there on the web. Like I use a platform called Kajabi that yeah. I mentioned to you. Yep. And they have all that stuff built in, man. You get, Dude, your, you get yourself world. a virtual assistant. You get yourself a virtual assistant to do some of the admin. And you can run an entire online course system right through that platform. And it takes two people. And that's, that's what, I, yeah. Well, now I got some people helping me with content, writing PMP exams, practice questions, oh, developing simulators, workbooks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as a PMP exam coach, those are the things that I focus on. I gotcha. Now, I'm also starting my own podcast, which I want to have you on. Oh, thank you very much. All right, and it's called the Project Management Coaching Podcast. Gotcha. I've got it up on iTunes. Got it myself, I think, about 100 followers. There you go. I'm That's pretty, a good start. I'm pretty happy with that. I was going to say, because you already had a following. In so. about a month. Yeah, I have a big following, but for some reason, and I did I did advertise to my existing customers, I have this free podcast where you can earn free credits uh, for the PMP exam and all this, and and they didn't, you know, take it up, and maybe it's the way I'm, I'm still learning some of the marketing, but, you know, now I am doing more and more podcasts of my own. I have a really big, really, really big guest that has agreed to be on my podcast. Is the same guy I'm thinking about? Yeah, I don't want to say the name right now. That's fine. But he's like one of the captains of my industry. Yes. Like number one. There you go. And I need to get with you. And you need to coach me a little bit about how to absolutely manage and into like imagine if like, you know, Gary Vee decided to be on your show, right? Yeah. 
how would you prepare for it? What questions would you ask? How would you make sure you looked smooth and didn't do anything stupid, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a noob at doing the podcast to begin with. <laughs> I need your help to, Absolutely. to get, Absolutely. Help, help me figure out how to give a... I've done two or three podcasts so far, and usually what I do is I send them a list of questions in advance. That's good. Good. You're on the right track. And then, you know, they reply if they have any issues with those questions. Uh -huh. And we basically agree about the gist of what the answers will look like, maybe. Yeah. And then, you know, that really, I found that really facilitates a really good conversation because everybody's really on the, you know, same sheet of music going into it about the direction. That's why when I sat down with you here today, I was kind of... Mm -hmm. Uh, caught off guard because I didn't realize it was going to be such a loose format. Oh, very yeah. Which I loved. Yeah, yeah. Which was you get awesome. to talk about anything. You know, that's Dude, that's the great. beauty of this. <clears throat> and and I'll give you, I'll give you one pro tip for the for the podcasting um, is some of the people I've had on here I've never met before. Other people I've had on here I've known very well. Mm -hmm. So you kind of you got to work on that. But I know you got to get the heck out of here because you got a you got a crazy day ahead of you. I got a lot to do. Shameless plugs, anything like that. Tell people how to find you, where to find you, all that jazz. Yeah, sure. My name is Dan Ryan. I'm a PMP exam coach. Don't give out tutor. a phone number. Well, no, no, no phone, phone numbers. numbers. No phone numbers. Um, I'm a project management expert, okay. consultant, and trainer. All right, with a website at www.thepmtutor.com. And, uh, you know, I'm also on LinkedIn. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Go to the search bar, type in Dan Ryan PMP Coach, hit enter. I should come up number one. I, you know, I accept all invites. I'm an open networker. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Come check out my website. And uh, let's, you know, let's collaborate on any kind of things related to project management. I like it. Simple enough. All Harrison, right, man. I really appreciate you having me on today. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming down. The uh, you get, we'll get you out of here. And uh, until the next time, love you, buddy. Thank you. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Barron. I have no idea why I just did that. But as always, I appreciate the hell out of you guys for listening in and tuning in and subscribing and liking and sharing all of my episodes of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I do it for you guys. I don't know if you guys know this, but I do it for you guys. Love the hell out of you guys. I really do. Um, always, always, always appreciate it. Like I said, new websites coming soon. You can follow me on the Brutally Honest Podcast, um, on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, Twitter. I said Instagram already. And if you really want to support it, you can check out patreon.com forward slash Brutally Honest Podcast. I'm basically going to be doing a total overhaul of the podcast, so, but I still am going to provide you with some really, really good content, and I think everybody's going to like it, um, because I know I am. And if I like it, chances are you guys are going to like it. That sounds weird. But love the heck out of you guys. I will see you guys on the next episode. And until then, peace.